Hello and welcome to the Mr. Olin podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob Staten and as usual, I'm joined by JJ Armstrong. JJ, how are you? I am fantastic, Jacob. The good times are finally back. We finally got three points, a vital three points. I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm terrific, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm top of the shop. Um, He's terrific. Welcome. We'll come into, I have a little vexation, we'll call it, around uh, there's, there's three little there's three little letters, V, A, and R, uh, but we'll come on to that in a bit because I'm I'm, 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 I'm tipped off with it, JJ. I'm at my wit's end with it. Yeah. You've gone two-footed tackle straight into VAR. I have. I this have, is supposed yeah. to be a positive episode. Oh, it is a positive episode, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that in a bit. We're going to start off with the uh, start in 11. Only two changes from the uh, Newcastle game last Saturday. Uh, and they were for F- Felipe, Fournier Carte, and Danilo for Yates, JJ. What were your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, really liked it. Um, it felt positive. I really liked the idea of Felipe coming into the squad. I think last season, if not most seasons I've watched Forrest, I think he's been the best defender I've seen in a Forest shirt. Mm. And he's a beautiful, beautiful boy. Um, which goes without saying. So, uh, eye candy alone, it was worth it. But I, I liked yeah. it. I think uh, another bit of disruption in the back, the back two, the centre back pairing. We yet to have a consistent run of games, other than I guess Omabamadeli Murillo, which seems to have been disrupted. Yeah. So, again, don't think Neocarte did much wrong to be dropped. Same way Omabamadeli didn't do much wrong to get dropped the time before. But I guess we're experimenting and. The calm, composed experience of Felipe is never going to be a bad thing. So, really enjoyed that, and I thought it was wise not to include Ryan Yates in this game, given that he is the scapegoat at the minute. And I thought Danilo and Dominguez could have gone one of two ways, um, and luckily it went the favoured way. I thought they were both excellent, which we will go on to discuss. So, yeah, really pleased with it. Showed a lot of attacking intent, and yeah. Not nothing really bad to say about it. What about you? Um, to be honest, I, I I wasn't that thrilled about it. I think Ryan Yates is a is a must on the in the on the on the team sheet. Um, Felipe, you know, I agree with you. I think he's one of the best Forest defenders I've ever seen in my life. Um, when he's fit, if he's fit, he's he is fit. I can tell you that, lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a <laughs> I don't know, the young Burt Reynolds. He's stunning. Yeah, like like a young Burt Reynolds, stunning. Um, but I think he's the first choice centre back um, when he's fit. It's just can he be fit? Has he got the fitness in him? You know, he's he's getting on a bit now. Um, I don't think Nia Carte did too much wrong, although I think Nia Carte is starting to get associated with with bad results. Um, if that makes sense, he, although he's not doing much wrong, we don't seem to win when he's in the team. I think he's getting. Um, Weighed down by that, I think Omabamadeli. If Nicarte is being dropped, I think Omabamadeli is unlucky again to miss out. Um, I wasn't disappointed by Felipe playing. I just, you know, if he's not going to be fit for all the games, it seems a bit of a waste. That was just pre-match if we opinion. Can, I think if we can keep him rocking and rolling, and obviously there's always the question: Are has his legs gone because he's getting on a fair bit? But if we can keep him consistent and getting some minutes in him, it will be. It's almost like a new signing to have Felipe back. And yeah. if he can reach levels that he performed at last season, I think he will be vital to us because, as you've said, he is a fantastic defender, one of the best we've seen in our time watching Forest. So, 
Really liked his inclusion, and I hope he can stay consistently fit, as yep. with Niakate as well, who's had his own injury problem. So it's almost we've we've got Bolly coming back, our centre back pairings of you know injuries, Afcon is starting to look really really strong again. So that's a huge positive. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know, and again, same with Danilo and Yates. I don't think my my dislike of it wasn't because Danilo was coming in; it was because Yates was was going out. Um, and I'm happy to say I was I was my worry was misplaced on both on both points. But um, I mean, the the positive the, the real positive to me is the fullbacks seem to be settled. Whether I agree with Tavares or not is a different question. I think Nico Wombs has been fantastic. Uh, so it's great to see them two settled. The front four is easily our best four, and it's and it's great to see that the managers recognise that. So Alanga, Morgan Gibbs, White, Callum Hudson, Adoy, and Taiwo. It really is the, the the best front four we have available, and, and if they are all available, they need to play. Absolutely, um, I think it's really exciting as a Forest fan right now to look at that front four and think they are our main options in terms of depth. You know, we've got Rayner. I assume he doesn't want to be here to be on the bench. So there was a lot of questions of whether Gibbs White would drop a bit deeper, but. I think in terms of depth, other than Rayner, when we've not got too much, as we'll maybe discuss later, Origi is sort of the next man up. So, yes, uh, that's worrying. But the the front four starting, really, really key for us. So it's an exciting time as a Forest fan. Hopefully we get to stay in this league and watch that front four develop over a number of years. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that'd be the dream, wouldn't it? Just Just keep letting them go. Um, and then also, uh, no, still no Sangare, Bolle, or uh, Olaina on the bench. Although I did see Bolle and Sangare, I didn't see Aina, but um, to see Bolle and Sangare at the city ground uh, after their uh, AFCON win. Um, so I presume they'll be back in the squad for Villa, which, you know, when you're looking at the team that we had out today, if you added in Bolle, Sangare, and Aina, we're in some real, real depth. I think the only place we're kind of lacking is on the wings. Yeah, it's. It's well needed at this time. This is a very important stage of the season and we can capitalise on the result today. So having a strong team with some good depth outside of the, the attacking areas is, yeah, really positive for us. Yeah. So we start the game, some early West Ham possession. Um, I, th- I think it's very similar to what they did to us in the return fixture where they kind of just let us have the ball and we did the same. Like, you know, here's the ball, come at- come after us. Um, they don't have the best ball play. I mean, I mean, we're spoiled by the fact that Lucas Pakatar was injured. Um, they don't have the best players on the ball. They probably want to play like we did. Um, so I think we did tactically very, very well to leave them with the ball and to like really specifically try and counter-attack rather than just see, you know, kind of put it up and see what happens when we win the ball back. Um, we did trade a couple of yellow cards, so Mohamed Kudus and Mongibs White both got booked pretty early on for, for breaking up counter-attacks. You know, the, the Mongibs White one was after a failed short set-piece. Um, I think we're probably trying a bit too hard at set-pieces today, JJ. What do you think? Almost comical in the uh, first half. There was a corner routine which could be one of the worst I think I've seen us do. It was woeful. Um, mm. A lot of talk about this set-piece coach coming in. and I think there have been noticeable improvements in general, but in terms of defending set-pieces lately, we all know how poor we've been at that. 
And I don't know, have we scored from a set piece yet this season? Uh, if we have, it's very few in number. So I think it's still a flaw in our um, in our armour. I think the the corner routine I recall, I think someone came short for it and then it just ended up going back and going back and fizzled into absolutely nothing. So no attacking intent whatsoever in that. So set piece wise, I think there is an element of overthinking it, trying to be too clever, but it just did not pay off whatsoever. And outside of that, we did have quite a few chances. Um, there was the Alanga shot, which went straight at the keeper or a good save, whichever way you want to look at it. And then mm-hmm. it was the Gibbs White shot, which was straight at the keeper or a good save, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. So I think up until the goal, which we'll come to next, um, I think it was really positive from us. We looked the better yeah. team noticeably. West Ham looked like nothing, really. I wasn't too concerned. I thought that the only way uh, that West Ham could capitalise on our performances if we gift them a mistake which we nearly did with Felipe um, missing his cue a little bit and Murillo having to save the day, which Jacob, very keen to hear your thoughts on that because I think we're running out of good things to say about Murillo. But largely in the opening exchanges and throughout the first half, I thought they felt a bit null and void, did West Ham. And I think it's a mixture of both West Ham being in a rut of confidence at the minute not being set up entirely well, but also Forrest being set up to be entirely effective and playing well. So that's my thoughts. I'll leave you t- to discuss yours, but very keen to hear about your thoughts on the Murillo heroics. Well, he's just something else, isn't he? I mean, it is it's, it, uh, the old joke about London buses, isn't it? You know, you wait your whole life to see a, 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 a really, really top-class defender and then you have Felipe and then all of a sudden Murillo comes along, doesn't he? It's, he is... He's he's even he's even corrected his I think his only weakness at the start of the season was probably positionally he he lets himself down you know where the ball you know under a high cross and that kind of thing he let himself down by being bullied and not being set very well I think I think in the last month or so he's corrected that I can't I don't see a weakness um, and that's not with rose tinted goggles on I, I I really don't see a weakness and I'm I think I've said it before I'm really trying not to get attached because I think he is absolutely fantastic um you know he, he saved felipe's bacon I don't, yeah i I'm, i wasn't surprised yeah he did a, a similar last ditch savior tackle a few games ago i can't recall who it was but go on i think that was longer ago than you think it was you know was it against sheffield united towards the start of the season uh, who knows? But I, I'm sure you can picture it in your head. Um, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you know what it was, comment please. Towards Bridgeford, Andy made a, a beautiful. Last I'm ditch. sure it was Sheffield United. I, I think it was the game when you could go shed your your badly shoulder. Your badly shoulder, a long time ago. Um, well, let us know anyway. But you know, it's something that he does, and it's to the point where, with Antonio bearing down, I think typically you would assume the worst. But with Murillo there, you almost feel a sense of confidence of I reckon he's he's going to help us here so he's he's just exceptional and like you say maybe let's not get too attached because it, it's entirely plausible that he's not going to be here for too much longer but if we can just get another season out of him and capitalise on this before he goes on to 
much, much bigger and better things, then I'd, I would happily, happily uh, let him stay at the city ground for as long as he wants. So, yeah, he's exceptional. If, just a point if, if, for if, me. Go on. Go on, Jake. So I was just, just, just one last thing about Murillo. If he can play this good in a bad team, it's frightening to think what he could play like in a good team, right? This early on in his career, playing for Corinthians with only a few games. I think he made a senior debut last April. Came to us with ago. a handful of, of games under his belt. And now he's in the Premier League performing like this consistently for what is a weaker Premier League side. It's, yep. He's got a very high ceiling. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, yep. I'll be following his career closely. I'll be very interested to see where he goes, but I think he's going to be bigger, better things than Forrest, unfortunately, but that's to be expected with the club we are. And, you know, a huge club. I'm sure he's got the potential to play for a huge club one day and be a starter for the Brazilian national team, 100%. Yep. He's got all the attributes. Yep. So great bit of recruitment. We do knock it, but that's an unbelievable bit of recruitment to identify his talent yep. uh, and trust him. I think... It, so it says a lot about a club to put the trust in such a young defender with not many uh, professional appearances and the trust yeah. is very, very well uh, rewarded. Um, yeah. A point that I just wanted to make is in the first half, every time Forrest get a set piece these days or concede a set piece, uh, whether it's a corner, a free kick or a deeper free kick closer to the halfway line, I often feel a sense of dread, worry and anxiety. And against West Ham, you would typically feel that that would be the same when they have a player such as James Ward-Prowse on the ball. Is it just me, or did they not capitalise on any of the free kicks or set pieces they got today? Because it felt like they had this team that were weak defending set pieces, and they just almost went short every time rather than actively trying to get it. it felt, that felt the story of the first half for me, is they're actually sort of nulling themselves there they're dulling their own sword yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think i think it's it, it is a, a, a fairly decent shout for them to try something different especially against a team that you know is bad at, bad at set pieces we know james Ward-Prowse is going to sm- smash into the box so you know mix it up why not but to do it so frequently was 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 crazy um, I, I do think we did just defend better. You know, the, the, we do have to turn a corner at some point on that, don't we? So hopefully this was this was that corner. But you're right. I think that was that is their against against a team like us who are so desperate. I think that is their main that was their main threat, and they did their their very very best to kind of just not use it. Yeah, just null themselves. Um, yeah. And in terms of defending better, it's worth mentioning that Nico Williams. Battle, as they called it, against Kudus on the on the right hand side of our defence. There was not much of a battle there. He was superb. He mm. was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. We'll yeah, discuss the players and their ratings later, but I yeah. think it stood out for me in that first half. There was a period of about well, the whole first half really, where every time Kudus tried anything, it was just a Williams had his number, lovely little side t- slide tackle, yeah. dispossess him as you were. He was fantastic yeah. today. I think it was the kind of the first twenty minutes, wasn't it? He kind of put him back in his box, and Kudus never wanted to come back out again. One of the commentators says something along the lines of, "I don't, I don't know about swapping shirts at the end. I think Nico Williams will, will already be inside Kudus's shirt. He was that tight to him, and yeah. and it and it's and it's great to see that they've tactically pointed out that if you get close to Kudus, he can't do very much. 
So what did mm. Nico Williams do? He got close to him and he didn't do very much. Do you, do you know what I mean? It, it's nice to see that we're, we're, we're recognising that kind of thing. It shows a, an element of tactical awareness completely and also mm. full credit to Nico Williams, who I think has had a great season this season. He's not always been a starter, but when he's come on, he's been hungry, he's shown a lot of intent, and I think he's pulled out a few potential yeah. man-of-the-match performances so far this season, and it looks like he's developing into the player uh, outside of a back five that we hoped we would have signed when we when he we saw his name yeah. on the on the piece of paper for Forest. So, yeah, exceptional. We'll discuss the players individually in more yeah. detail later on, but he worth pointing out in that first half, he certainly stood out to me. Absolutely. I mean, let's talk about the goal, JJ, because it was some goal, wasn't it? I mean, there was a, I think Callum hudson Doyle put the ball into the box. West Ham defenders knocked it back. I don't know which one it was. Uh, Dominguez rolls a, a thoroughly delightful ball straight through the middle of all of them to, to Taiwo, who turns over his right shoulder and just slides it straight past uh, Alfonso Ariola in the um, West Ham goal. You couldn't... It, it's just the perfect striker's goal, isn't it? It's just just absolutely perfect. It just he rolls his defender, slight touch. He doesn't. It's not in the corner. It's just past the keeper. It was. It. What more? Do you, that that is the quintessential poacher's finish, in my opinion. Exceptional. The quality in the goal was exceptional. In the touch, the right. He bullied his defender again. He did similar to Saliba. You know, his strength uh, shines through. He is very strong and agile defender and I think it was lovely finish great composure great move all in general everything about it was just lovely and you could sense the goal was coming um not just because the forest app unfortunately notified me before it did um but the the movement from that Hudson Odoi Tavares link up on the left hand side was threatening yeah. you just needed one to work out and you knew it was coming and the finish was delightful. And you compare that to Taiwo's first goal against West Ham last season in the first home game, very, very sloppy, very clumsy, very sloppy. And I think he started at Forest. Forest actively sacked the person that recruited Taiwo because they thought they'd made a howler of a mistake on this guy that's a clumsy oaf and just isn't worth the money. And then over time, his confidence grew and he's proven why he was worth that money. And I think they even held their hands up and recruited the same guy back, Syrianos, I believe. They they, they tried and to. I don't think he took it, but... Yeah. I think he's a consultant or something like that. However, I think, you know, the parallel of his confidence within that is worth reflecting on because the confidence that he showed and composure he showed to was such a delightful finish. Um, is worlds apart from the clumsy, scrappy one he got in after... Uh, Jesse Lingard scuffed it. So yeah. he's certainly developing and he's becoming extremely key. And I do still think he's half injured because whilst he is a major threat, there is he's not 100%. He's not complete sharpness. So he's not getting Taiwo match fit and back is going to be incredibly huge for us. Um, mm -hmm. Another positive to add. And yeah, unbelievable finish. And Dominguez did exceptional as well. Yeah, yeah, that ball in it's is it's a that kind of half rolling ball. So it's in between, you know, defend defenders know how to clear one that's on the floor and one that's in the sky. That kind of weird half bounce, it gives Taiwo so much to work with on the roll. So many options. Yeah, it's, it's still got well. a lot to do with the ball, like 
ball had a fair bit of zip on it. Like you, you see them spoon off strike as many a time, but he did very well to get it down and get it. Roll his defender and nestle beautifully in the back of the net and heads as takes it into half time, one nil up. How are you feeling? Very satisfied. It was. I don't think we played too much differently to how we've played recent games. I, I think we've said numerous times on the podcast we're not playing badly. We're just not getting the, not necessarily the rub of the green. We're just it's just that extra that extra little bit to get us over the over the line type thing. And I think that first half really typified um, everything good about Nuno since he's come in. The way we've played, the way we've you know. We're, we're, I think I said that after the first Nuno game, we felt like we were playing uh, counter attack on purpose. We, you know, although we didn't have the ball, you know, it's fine. We don't have the players to do that. Let West Ham keep it. As soon as we get the ball, you know, it gets to Gibbs White. Gibbs White puts it wide to Hudson Odoi Olanga, and then everybody breaks up the pitch, and everybody knows what they're doing. And it was just, it was it, it, again very satisfying first half. JJ, I agree. It typified everything good about what Nuno's brought to us. Uh, and also was a great example of eradicating things that haven't been so good, both in Cooper and Nuno's tenure of defensive mistakes, gifts and avoidable goals. It, it showcased that we'd taken that element out of a game and if we can do that, the future is very bright as we've seen in this game. We are capable of scoring a goal. We're heading into games now going, we will score, we just need to make sure the other team doesn't. And largely, the other team does through gifts. Um, and we don't have to say avoidable goals this episode, Jacob. So let's throw a party for that. That's we need a we need a, a a graphic, don't we? It says games since since an avoidable goal. It's on the screen now. Yeah, woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's a party. It's an absolute party. Um, Thomas, it's yeah, great first half. Uh, typified the positives that Nuno has brought and I personally didn't feel too concerned about the second half I thought this was ours for the taking it was a matter of how many did you feel the same or was that just me we couldn't yeah, really no, ever feel like that as a Forest fan but I think it was one of those games where we, we maybe could yeah absolutely I, I didn't see West Ham coming out with any kind of extra mojo or anything like that. I don't think Moyes is that kind of manager. Um, that's not a detriment to him. I just don't think he's I don't think he's the one who's the kind of manager who's going to put a rocket up and type thing. Um, I, 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 and again, it, it carried on in, in a very similar vein, didn't it, the second half? Um, I did notice that Michel Antonio started to come a bit further wide away from Felipe and Murillo. Um, he did, it did late, very... Well, not very late on, but later on in the game, we did win a free kick from Neko cutting across him. I thought Nico Williams was quite actually unfortunate to get a yellow card for that, if I'm being honest. But yeah, he did get a bit more joy coming out wide. But if he's out wide, all right. You know, he's not He's not yeah. where he wants to be, is he? You know, it's that kind of thing. So I was just going to say, you, you could tell that Antonio was getting extremely frustrated in the game yeah, yeah. and let it show by the fact he was arguing with the linesman and the ref. So uh, that if in general, you couldn't really say you heard much from Antonio Bowen, Kudus, any Ward Prowse, any of the supposed attacking threats that West Ham have at their disposal. So I think that, that shines yeah. a really positive light on how we treated the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Elanga did have two 
Well, I think, I'm trying to think, what do I think? The first chance, he had two chances. So the first chance, I think he should have took a touch and done better with. The second chance, I think he should have definitely scored, JJ. What do you think? Absolutely should have scored. Um, I think this it was this one that was closer towards the end of the game. The the the, the first one was the volley that he took. It he should he might I think he should have left it for Origi, but if he was going to do something with it, he should have took a touch and, and and put it in on his left foot. He was quite central, and then the second one was the counter attack way. He's just absolutely spooned it almost into the the top tier of uh, Trent. Yeah. Well, the second one we're we're going a bit out of the way chronologically, but that second one. What a move that is! Yeah, the counter attacking on purpose football that you mentioned that is yep. the absolute pinnacle of it. It was brilliant bit of football, really effective counter attacking play. I was just waiting for that net to just you know explode and <laughs> all the yep. Forest fans to celebrate. Um, limbs, I'd, I'd <clears throat> and that's the thing, it was a really positive 2 0 performance. If you had to give any criticism, it's that it could have been four or five. We had some very good chances. We had Alanga at the keeper, Gibbs White at the keeper, Danilo's was offside from Yates standing near the keeper. That was put in. Mm. Uh, Danilo had an exceptional hit, uh, which was well saved by Ariola. Yep. Uh, Alanga had two towards the end that should have scored. So a lot of chances in there. Uh, it's by no means... Uh, a negative really when you consider we were creating those chances we put two of them away and we came away with three points in a clean sheet but if you wanted to just throw in a little thing of where we could improve it's being more effective and efficient in taking our chances but yes Alanga definitely should have scored that second one but uh, I think we'll go back chronologically um, there was a red card from one of my least favorite players, Calvin Phillips. Red card for you, yeah. Jacob, or not? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, the the first yellow. Dominguez just manages to wind him up, doesn't he? And he's he's fool enough to fall for it. The second one was a, just a rash challenge on Morgan Gibbs. Why it's a, it's a yellow card every day of the week. Um, he's. I think, I, and I think I said this to every single person I spoke to about this game was there is a reason why Pep bombed him out, and it's nothing to do with his ability, is it? He 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 has the the technical ability of a world class player in my opinion. That some of the things he can do, and some of the positions he can play, he's, he's really versatile. But there's just something that he's not that's not clicking for him. Um, I remember I, it might have been the last time he played the City Ground for Leeds in that Leeds game where we won two nil. Um, he got sent off in that one, didn't he, for for a very rash challenge. Yeah. Um, and it yeah, it's just. Um, He's, something's just not clicking for him and I, and I hope he finds somewhere where he can re- find that potential. I think the only place we've probably seen that potential that he's reached is, is when he's played for England on the Southgate because um, he has played really well, really, really, really well with, with Declan Rice and that holding position for England. But yeah, he def- definitely sending off and um, it just kind of tied the game up and made it a bit easy, didn't it, JJ? It did because we all know how effective Forest are against 10 men, <laughs> which isn't very... Next talking point, I think, would set <sighs> Jacob off. So I'm going to let him take the floor. Jacob, um, Nico Williams, Nico Williams penalty appeal. Talk to me. Uh, Maxwell Poets Corney stands on his ankle. He goes down immediately. 
He stays down because he's just so, just had somebody stand on his ankle. Not only does the referee not give anything, VAR looks at it and decides that's not a penalty. Now I'm going to outright say they're cheating now. That, 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 that there is no there there is nobody apart from the most deluded West Ham fan out there, and I don't think there'd be many of them. West Ham fan seems pretty down down to earth in in general. Who thinks that's not a penalty? He literally gets his ankle stood on. It, 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 you know, I, I don't, I don't know what they're. I don't know what the referees missed. I don't know what VAR think they're looking for. They're literally actively not giving us things now. That, I, that we're being punished for daring to, to, to daring to question them. In my opinion, with the whole letters and you know appointed, we've announced that clown Gladi- presenting gladi- gladiators <laughs> referee, aren't we? Mark Clattenburg, yeah, God, the world's most dis, you know divisive referee. Let's just employ him as somebody to judge the referees on. Um, but yeah, um, every time I think about it, my blood boils. VAR is there to make these kinds of things go away. If the referee hasn't seen it, one, he needs a rollicking from his boss, yeah, because that is Stonewall, and two, somebody help him. Even if, even if VAR for whatever reason don't want to give it, send him and make him have a look. He literally stands on his ankle. He puts his he puts his he puts his next foot forward down and goes immediately down. There's no delay, no nothing. He um yeah and and additionally the the other game that was on this evening was Man City Chelsea. City had another one where Carl Walker gets in front of Raheem Sterling. Referee gives it the other way as a as a foul to Chelsea um which you know it was very quick in between Raheem Sterling and Carl Walker. So both very quick players. So you know, on that one, the referee, you know, if he doesn't see it, doesn't see it. Gives it or sees what he gives what he sees. On v, on VAR looking at it, it is a stonewall penalty to Manchester City. He gets he gets in front of Raheem Sterling. I think you agree with me on this, JJ. He gets in front of Raheem Sterling and Raheem Sterling with no intent, but drops him. And the, what are VAR? What are they looking for? If that's not a penalty, what is what is a penalty? And what are they looking for? They're just. It feels like this is all we have to talk about now, it, and it is getting boring talking about it, isn't it? It's yeah. similar to Matt Turner's mistakes or Vlakadimos not being present in goal. It's a subject that becomes tiresome because you have to speak about it all the time, and the measures are supposed to be in place to stop this being a talking point. Refereeing decisions are largely frustrating these days. I think there's yep. been. A, a large portion of refereeing performances and decisions that have gone against us and been poor. But the thing that I can't wrap my head around is when it goes above with all the technology in the world to replay, look at it from different angles and make that decision to make the correct decision, it feels like that's not effective or there's no confidence from them to make, to overturn the decision. It feels purely to me like they're sticking up for the mates because I can just about forgive a referee for watching that live during a fast-paced game and not being able to catch it or make the decision. That's fine. I'm sure a lot of people in the stands at first maybe would have been, oh, it's not too hard to set to tell. But if everybody in the stand was given an instant video replay from multiple angles, I think everybody would say, actually, that's a penalty because we've got the luxury of looking back and going over it and reviewing the situation and deciding if it is a, a foul or not. And I just can't see 
what they've seen in that piece of footage that would argue anything other than that is a clear penalty. And I just don't get it. And we were watching on legal streams. Um, we were watching the game, and Jacob, you were largely uh, a few seconds behind me. You messaged me saying, has it been given? And I wanted to wind you up. I wanted you to get the satisfaction of watching it given. So I said to you, it's not been given because I wanted you to enjoy it when it was. I didn't for a second think that it wasn't going to be given. And I can't believe that the end result was no penalty. I thought the mind boggles. I just don't understand at all. Is it because we've written, we've been so public in our criticism towards referees and their decisions in VAR? Is that against us? Is that something they think, well, these wankers keep complaining, so therefore, you know, let's not give them decisions? I, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, the answer is that it's not fit for purpose. Whether it's bias, it's not fit for purpose. Whether it's not bias and it's incompetence, it's not fit for purpose. So, yeah, absolutely shocking. And my worry, even though it felt largely comfortable in the game, my worry was that this would cost us points again. And if West Ham got an equaliser or we failed to win the game, it would have been a huge talking point, which I'm sure VAR will not want. And it will be interesting to watch match of the day later to see yeah. other people's opinions on it. I am yet to see anybody say that it wasn't a penalty. So yeah, I I just I just can't understand it. Can't wrap my head around it. No, I. The one thing I'm conscious of as well is that I, I, I would implore everyone who cares about football to continue talking about it and saying how bad VAR is. The worst thing that we can do with, with VAR is to just accept that it's bad and carry on. I, I Personally, I would scrap it immediately. I, I, cannot, I cannot stand it. I think it's given us twice as many stupid talking points to talk about. If a referee makes a, makes a, makes a boo-boo on the pitch... It's just one. It's just one person who's, who's who's messed up, isn't it? I can I can be titched off about it and, and move on. If he gets a look at it, all his pals in the portal cabin get a look at it, and they're still not fixing it. It's it's it just yeah. It, um, I'm, as you can tell, I'm getting wound up again. Your titched off is becoming your catchphrase these days, isn't it? It's. Uh... I didn't realize. It, I didn't realize it wasn't a, a regular phrase. I'd have to thank. My, there you uh, go. It's a very commonplace what? phrase in my house. I quite like the passive aggression towards them when you call it a porter cabin. I do like that. Uh, maybe it was more of a porter loo, given the decisions they're making. Hey. But Jacob, it's all it's all okay because Forrest have employed the bloke from Gladiators to analyse it. So take that VAR. What's I like? <laughs> what I don't understand. That. Ready? <laughs> Is that that could be a very normal thing across many clubs? A referee analyst, but. The referees, the referee board need a referee analyst to analyze their game to tell them where they're going wrong. Not Nottingham Forest. I just don't get it. I just feels a bit bizarre to me. Like if he, to, like what happens on Monday morning? He sat there in the Forest offices and they go, "Can you just analyze that for me?" And he goes, "Yeah, that was a penalty." I'm like, oh God, you're right, Mark. I was gladiators at the weekend. Eh, not bad, not bad. So it was a penalty. Yeah, it was. Cheers, Mark. Here's t- 10 grand. What yeah, changes I in imagine, that situation? I imagine we're going to pay him a lot of money for him to just agree with his pals. That's that's all I can imagine that's going to happen. For me, 
one thing that could resurrect VAR and improve it immediately with with immediate effect is all the audio gets played live, like they're doing rugby, or or you know like the referee referee in rugby asks for to see to, uh, uh, rather than VAR just looking at random stuff, they ask ask a question about a specific thing. I think that could be a good way of resurrecting it. And also they need to play all the audio and they need to give people in the ground an actual clue of what's going on. Yes. Even if it's just a little thing next to the, next to the, the, the score and the time that says VAR check. Check in the back. Hamble. Forest. Hamble. Hamble. What it, yeah. <laughs> that's just that kind of thing. Just give people a clue of what's going on because nobody's winning right now at all. Forest Starks, we got three points. We um, and sealing that three points was Callum Hudson Adoy JJ. Okay, you've 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 stopped me as I was continuing to run. Sorry, yes, man. sorry. Uh, uh, God, Nico Williams deserved that penalty with his performance, but yeah, I think he's rounded off a superb performance. With I, I think Origi did all right to sort of backhill the ball towards Nico Williams, if not maybe killed the move slightly. But Nico's ability to resurrect that chance, keep it going, um, he, he, he just did brilliant. Yep. On Nico as well, just whilst I remember, there was a lovely mini Bale-esque move uh, at one point in the second half. Where Bale-esque? It, Bale-esque. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gareth Bale-esque. Yeah, he put some lingerie on da, and just da, did a da, bit of a sexy da, dance. Da, 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 um, da. The Belast thing, I don't know. I didn't see that personally. Maybe he did, you know, put some sexy knickers on and have a go. But what I was talking about was Gareth Bale-esque, where he knocked the ball past his defender and ran ran past him. Yeah. Anyway, back to the goal. Um, sidetracked by fucking Magic Mike stuff. By the can-can. Um, brilliant, brilliant move. Very, very pleased for hudson Adoy. I think another goal... Is that three and three, or am I making that up? He scored against Bournemouth. He scored against Newcastle via deflection. He scored it. So, yeah, three and three. He is one of those players that if their confidence is up there, he will excel. So, three and three is great. And it's good to see. I think he's starting to show his worth. You always knew there was a flash there, and he took his chance well. It was not a flash in the Nico Williams Belasting oh, earlier in the second half. That was different, but a, a flash of potential from him. Um, and took his chance well. I think there's always the potential to fluff that, um, given the circumstances. <laughs> but he did well. Play with feathers. Yes. What were your thoughts on the goal, Jacob? Uh, just I, it, you know, it, it was great play by Nico. It was a bit, a bit sloppy in the middle, but it was nice to see. Callum Hudson Adoy, uh, when the ball fell to him, you could literally see him. I don't know, it was kind of like a come out of the way, let me sort this out. And he, he takes a touch, you smash into the back of the net, and a big celebration. And it was just, yeah, it was it was well deserved. He's somebody who I I don't want to say didn't rate highly, but I I was probably expecting more. And then when you look at how many games he's played in the past and how injury prone he's been. This is probably the the most amount of games he's played in the season, and, and this is now probably the longest run of games he's played. Um, and you can certainly see why he was rated so highly because he's really starting to get 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 going with our with our club, isn't he? So um, yeah, absolutely made made up for him, um, and it just rounded the game off and put any worries to bed in extra time. And 
Bob is your uncle, Fan is your aunt, and three points are three points are ours. Absolutely, Jacob. Absolutely. I hope to, be able to say I that think, more often, JJ. I think that was in the second half as well, just after the burlesque routine. But um, <laughs> yeah, I would say we could breathe a sigh of relief knowing that the three points were secure. But I honestly think they largely felt pretty comfortable anyway. So yeah, happy days and a very, very vital three points because I should have prepared this. But three points takes Forest to 24 points in 15th place which is one point behind Brentford who do have a game in hand but they are playing Man City uh, next so that's largely brings in we Boxing Day I think right we jump over Palace their next game is against Everton so that should be interesting and there's a bit of a gap now between us in the bottom three as it stands obviously we've got one more game Luton have two games in hand in us, but the what the overall point is, it's still obviously very, very tight down there, but mm. it's well-needed three points. It's It makes the picture look a lot less bleaker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're going to run through our match to, match races, aren't we, JJ? For the, for the, uh, yes, I thought it'd, starting be, 11. it'd be worth putting our, a number against these players. Um giving them a rating, and we'll let you know who our man of the match was. So we'll go through the team one by one. Uh, we'll give our rating, any thoughts, and we'll let you know who our man of the match was. And keen to hear your thoughts if you're listening or watching uh, how you rated the players, if you agree or mm. disagree, because I know it's player ratings are something that divides opinion. So we'll start, Jacob, with Cells in goal. What did you give him? And why? I give him a six. I give him a six, and that's not Oof. because he didn't play well. That's just because I think you, you start the game on a five. You don't. You haven't done well. You haven't done badly. I gave him a six because he didn't have anything to do. But those tiny little bits he did do, he did well. I, I, like I'd love to give him more. He just didn't have anything to do. That was that was my argument. Harsh. I gave him a seven um, purely because I've got nothing to say about him. Yeah. Uh, so clean sheet confident and wasn't noticeable i think seven feels more positive than six for me but seven, seven's a seven's a, a good score for somebody who didn't have anything to do yeah well it's not his, it's not his fault it's relief because normally we have to speak about the goalkeeper and now we don't have to say anything the ball went back to him he'd have to do anything he kicked it and it was just fine and he didn't let in any howlers so mm. seven out of ten for me fine okay. he didn't do anything didn't have to speak about him Ironically, we're speaking about him loads now, but still seven. A fine is five. Five fives in the middle, JJ. Okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> we, just, we won. He deserves a seven. Okay. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, on to our right back, Nico Williams. Uh, I gave him a nine. I thought he was brilliant. He Whoa. was a very, 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 very close contender for man of the match for me. Oh, okay. But I haven't given it him. I think he had Kudus pocketed. That battle was well won. Uh, he deserved a penalty. And that second goal, as we've said, expert work. So I've given him a 9 out of 10, which is the joint high score. I've not given anyone highest, but I haven't given him man of the match. Jacob, what did you give him? I gave him a nine out of ten, but I gave him the cuda, the kudos for pocketing kudos of man of the match. I think he was uh, wow. <laughs> I think he was uh, absolutely. He's good at what phenomenal. he does. 
Right, it's Senme. I think he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, he is easily his best game in a forest shirt. He, he his technical ability has never been in doubt. You know, on the ball, that kind of thing is is never been in doubt. Um, you can't come from an academy like Liverpool's and, and and not have that in your in your locker. It was the defending, the fire, the determination, the the, the will to do it throughout the whole game, which which he did today, which I haven't seen from him enough. If he if he plays like that. I, Montiel's got no chance of getting back in the first team. That is a first choice right back for us for for the foreseeable, in my opinion. Um, yeah, man of the match, hands down. Can't disagree. Uh, next up, we've got Felipe Jacob. Take it away. What have you given? The, uh, the seven, Felipe? seven. I think he were he, he had that one flutter, didn't he? Where Antonio got in. Apart from that, to say he's not played a game for, I feel like he's not started since. Uh, we, he played Bristol, didn't he? he? Played in the back in the back three. He's not played a Premier League game for a long time. Certainly, certainly a month at, at least. Um, just very dependable, isn't he? Uh, and, a, and a high quality defender, but um, again, just not too, just not enough to do to give him higher than a seven. I gave him a seven. I thought he was very composed, other than the slight hiccup, but uh, not really much to say about him. He didn't do anything really wrong, other than that. Um, yeah. wasn't noticeable, which I think is a good thing. Pocketed, kept Antonio quiet, so yeah. happy days. Next up, we've got Murillo. Uh, I'll let you go again. First again, Jacob, what did you give him? Um, I gave him eight. Um, again, I wanted to give him higher, but I just don't think he had enough to do. Uh, a couple of misplaced passes in the first half, but he he really is the real deal, isn't he? Okay, I gave him nine and I gave him my man of the match. Uh, I thought he was... That's not who I thought you were going to give it to. Exceptional. Uh, I thought he did very, very well. Um, there were a few contenders for man of the match in this. There were some superb performances. So that says a lot about how good we were today. But yep. I thought he was just a brick wall. He mopped up that uh, mistake from Felipe. You mentioned misplaced passes, but some of his uh, passes out were perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. which set us on uh, as one particular that he lofted over to Hudson Odoi to set us on an attack and I just I think the guy is far too good to be playing for Forest which <laughs> let's enjoy it like we said earlier I've given him nine and my man of the match Oof. next up good sound effect with that wolf because it's Nuno Tavares <laughs> I'll start I can't believe this I'm giving him an eight I Ooh, thought I'd okay. give him anything above a five, uh, but I thought he was very impressive and his runs lately have been very, very good. Uh, mm. Seems to be running inside and creating a bit of a, a problem for defenders. He did have his customary rosy shot. I think that will inevitably one day become an absolute thunder bastard and be incredible, but yet to see that but I thought he was, I think it was his best game in a forest shirt. I thought he was good. And I've said many times that he isn't it for me. But if he can play like that consistently, then I'll certainly make do with him. So, yep, an eight for me. Jacob? Uh, a seven, I think. Um, there were a couple of times defensively against Jared Bowen. There was one in the first off where he got a little bit lucky that nothing better came from from what he'd let him do. Uh, again, definitely his best game in a Forest shirt. I think he is improving. Um, I think there's probably some kind of connection between him and Murillo because they can both speak Portuguese. 
Uh, obviously, the manager is Portuguese, and he is. So there's, there's, I think, I think you know, I think Nuno Espirito Santo, the manager's faith in Nuno Tavares is is starting to 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 come good. Um, not necessarily certain. I, he's still my he would be my first choice left back, but you know, a, a, a very 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 solid game, and he continues to look decent going forwards, doesn't he? And the link up with Hudson Odoi. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see the fruits of that labour. Mm-hmm. On to Dominguez. I've given him an 8.5. I thought, once again, he was like liquid. He was everywhere on the pitch. A constant battler, constantly wanting the ball, having confidence on the ball, disrupting play, passing the ball to the right people at the right time. He is... He's been an incredible investment. I think the swap for him and Freuler, as we've spoken about many times, was a really good one for both parties. So I thought he was once again brilliant. Um, In his preferred position, I think he's starting to shine again. So 8.5 for me, Jacob. What did you give him? Uh, I went for 8, but only because I I just chose not to do 0.5s. I think he was brilliant. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, I, I concur, mate. Is all I can say. I think he was great. He covers so much ground. There's a reason he can't finish every game. It's not because he's lazy. Um, just, just a great signing, a great player. Good to see him back after that blip against in the in the reverse victory against West Ham, which again I don't think it was his fault. I think it was Sangari's. Um, but yeah, he just, just a good player, isn't he? Very good. Very, very <laughs> effective in Nuno's tactics is what I wanted to say. And, and yeah, yeah, very effective. Uh, is like a sexy eight, isn't it? Uh, in terms of like football, sexy football. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, Danilo, <laughs> Jacob, what have you given Danilo? Uh, a nine. He was brilliant. Uh, never, never, wow. ever, ever stopped. Very close to man of the match for me. Um, yeah, he just when whenever they did maybe look like getting forward, he was just there just to cut the cut the legs and take the ball out from someone. He was just he, he really. I think I said at the start of the start of the show that I was surprised that he was playing instead of Yates, and then I watched that game and I thought, Nah, Nuno's got that absolutely bang on. There is, there's a reason he's a football manager, and there's a reason I'm sat in me in me kitchen come come diner talking about it. Yes, uh, I gave him eight point five. I thought that was his best performance this season. I think he looked composed. Oh. I think he had an element of Mangala's confidence on the ball, which we've not seen from him so far this season, in his ability to maybe take that extra touch or have the composure to play the ball at the right time rather than trying desperately to get it without away. the without the endless sideways passing. That was yeah. my only my only thing about Mangali, wonderful player, and I think probably our player of the season for the first half of the season. But he he just didn't get forward enough. Yeah, uh, and I think Danilo, you know another player that can spring an attack because he is a positive oh. player. When he's in full confidence, he's very positive and I think we saw the best of him. Today, we knew from last season how good he can be and I think today, personally, was the best performance from him I've seen this season. So, great player. Hudson Odoi, Jacob. Uh, so, I did originally write a seven um, but I think I'm going to up that to an eight right now because I think when I wrote that, I think I'd forgotten about his goal. Um, he's really grown into the team of the tactics now. We're really starting to see him find some form. He's getting match fit. Just the only way he's up, isn't it, for him? The only way he's up, baby. And I gave him an eight as well. Um, yeah, it's his confidence starting to shine now, which is only going to be good. And he's got the confidence to 
sort of take his man on, which, you know, frustrating first few games in that it felt like he almost turned back and didn't back himself, but it seems like he's starting to back himself a bit more. And three goals in three games, you know, that is very important, despite the fact that we haven't always taken three points from them. So looking forward to seeing him develop and his confidence develop. But yeah, good game from him. On to a controversial one, maybe, Jacob. Gibbs White, I'll go first. I gave him originally a 6.5 and then upgraded it to a 7. And then I went to a 6 and then I went back to a 7 because... I thought he was impressive and influential in spells, but also I thought he was quite wasteful today. Um, I think, I think he, I, I don't really know what to give him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna land on a seven because I think it may be, might be quite harsh to give him any lower, but I think it's a difficult one to justify any higher. He didn't do anything bad per se. I think his passing was a little bit sloppy, but always had the right intent behind it. But just wasn't his best game for me. Yeah, I, I think the armband weighs it seems to wear a bit heavy on him. And I don't mean that as in he can't take it. I mean as in he puts too much pressure on himself. I did notice, and I, and I really like this, and this is why it's not a negative six. It's a... We should give him a six. It's, it's, it's a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a think about what you're doing, six. He tried so hard to get on the ball in different in different areas of the pitch and in that role that he's now playing in that behind that number 10 in between the two wingers and behind the striker wait for the ball just just let the ball come another 10 yards up the pitch so if you do something it's not it's not really detrimental to the to you know to the defenders type thing um but just you know he wants to get back he want he wants to get on the ball he wants to to, to put the effort in and, and that's really, really, really fantastic to see from somebody wearing the armband. I just think it it just just threw just threw him off his game a little bit, have it that add a bit of pressure. Not saying that he can't do it. I just you know, I just think that just just this game, that was the that was the case. Yeah. All right. On to Alanga. Uh I've given him a what are you laughing at? It is <laughs> just a really, really, really hammer home point about women's like yeah, Alanga then. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, I think Alanga is a positive six for me, which makes yeah. no sense, but you've just said it, so I'm going to steal it. Um, he was in the game by the fact of his next point. He was very wasteful. Um, he was in the right areas at the right time, just didn't capitalise on it. So it wasn't really that effective. I guess he's always a constant threat with his pace, but I think this is maybe one of his weak games in a forest shirt. Well, it's it's one of those things for me, isn't it? If he if he takes those chances, he scored a hat trick today. That's why it's a positive six because I gave him a six as well. Um, you have to you have to buy a ticket to to win the raffle, don't you? And I think he was buying the ticket. He just 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 didn't quite. His card right got His card got his card got declined. Yeah, absolutely. So. My, you know, my my kind of message to him would be, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, and it and it will come as it has done in the past. It's just, just didn't happen today. Yes, Alanga, if you're listening to this, hopefully you can take into account <laughs> Jacob's message that he's given you there. Uh, Fifty-five minutes into two flat blokes talking about football, listen to him. He's got a positive message for you there, <laughs> Anthony. You listen to it. From, uh, from, from, sorry. <laughs> 
from a centre-back who's ball-playing because he can't move and a striker that won't run in behind because he can't. Listen to us, lad. <laughs> you, hey, I'm a cam, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> so, Gibbs White, if you need any tips. That's the stream know. after this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's the burlesque. Anyway, uh, Tyro Awanyi, uh, Jacob, I'll let you take uh, a, 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 an extremely positive eight years. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to wax lyrical. It's an eight because he he didn't play the whole game. It would have been a nine. Uh, all I want to say is, is if he had been fit all season, we would not be in this mess. Yeah, completely agree. I gave him an eight. I've written here. We need him match fit because a match fit Taiwo changes everything for us. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a threat at the minute when he's not completely fit going to be very very scary for defenders when he is so yep. all in all really positive i guess there's no point really given the subs ratings i think it's largely hard to for them to do anything maybe six yeah. across the board unless you're a Rigi, in which case you've got five, one. Five. five yes five. Five. Five, five five but all in all jacob i think really really positive yes absolutely super positive um the next game is villa away which is a super hard game uh, we're not going to wax too lyrical about that because JJ, you're going to have a, a a bit of a special guest, bit of a special pod midweek with a uh, a diehard Villa fan, which will be super super good to hear with you um, as well. Just... We'll be previewing the game, but we'll be getting an opposition's view in amongst that. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, look out yep. for another podcast next week. Um, but yeah, you know Villa are having an amazing season, aren't they? I think they've had a bit of a blip recently, and probably you know we were the we were the only game where they've looked bang average, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's just very, 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 very hard game, JJ. What do you think the score will be? Oh, hard to say. Hard to say. Oh. We can expose that. <laughs> Nuno, Nuno Tavares oh. is listening still. Um, we can expose that high line, I guess. That could be our main area of promise. Oh. Um you sound like you're throwing up or a zombie in Minecraft. Um, it's all gone. It's all gone to part at the end of this podcast. We've lost the minds, but yeah, Highline can be exposed. One nil Forest, but we'll we'll I'll think about it. and We'll give a proper prediction next week. Early prediction from you, Jacob. What are you saying? Uh, three all. Goals, goals, goals. Oh God, God, yeah. A Premier League version of the five five back in the day when Oof. Joe Lolly. Rest in peace. Uh, before, before, he, before he, oh no, the poor Joseph, he had to train on a different pitch. Yeah, let's maybe not go into that. Uh, <laughs> that caused a ruckus this week. But anyway, yes, we'll discuss the game in more detail next week. So Jacob, take yeah. us home. Yes, if you're listening for the first time, thank you very, very much for finding us. And if you've come back again and again and again and again and again and again and again, God knows we love you. Yes.